Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. A Valentine ode. Roses are bread, violets are blue. I love my pipe more than you. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And happy Valentine's Day to you all. I am your host, Brian Levine. Uh, Valentine's night. Hey, snuck away from the wife in order to do the show. No, actually, we took care of it earlier. Uh, on t- on tonight's show, though, um, slightly shortened uh, pipe parts because of some news I'm going to get through here in a minute. But in pipe parts, I'm going to talk about a couple of rarities, some World War II era pipes that you can keep your eye out for, some uh, not so expensive, some really expensive. My guest tonight is uh, pipe maker Basil Meadows. Uh, Basil is the uh, Red Dog Pipes and uh, Bulletproof uh, bulletproof Corn Cobs. I'll have to ask him about it. Anyway, uh, Basil will be on the uh, phone with me here in a little bit. Mailbag, music, and a rave. All that coming up on uh, this February 14th edition of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Alright, so what's the news? Well, here it is. Uh, the news is with me. Uh, I am leaving the Sutliff Tobacco Company and uh, going on to a a new job. I'm going to take a couple weeks off in between. Uh, Going on to a new job. Uh, Leaving the Sutliff Tobacco Company primarily because the intensity of the travel was just picking up and at some point you have to uh, start to realize, you know, you have to either, either really enjoy the travel or you don't. And I was really getting to the point where I was absolutely not enjoying the travel. Uh, The good news is I will still be uh, inside the business and uh, still be able to poke around and uh, find out stuff that's going on for you. More insightful stuff and, uh, you know, keep my finger uh, on the pulse of what's going on in the pipe and tobacco world. So uh, nothing will change with the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, just me changing jobs. In the meantime, I'm going to take about uh, two weeks in between jobs. Uh, one, to get a bunch of stuff finished up around the house personally. And two, we're going to Disney World because I need some time off. So uh, <laughs> uh, not next week's show, but uh, two weeks from today will be 100% pre-recorded because I will be at the uh, wonderful place of Walt Disney World, just me and my wife enjoying uh, some quiet time and relaxing and uh, hugging Mickey Mouse every, uh, well, every day possible. Anyway, that's the news. Um, again, I, uh, you know, the folks at Sutliff, we, uh, we came to an agreement on this and we're all happy about it. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, being able to get a few more weekends a year at home and uh, some, uh, more time in my reclining chair and less time in an airplane seat when they tell you that you can and can't recline. All right, everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company, and here we go. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco 
expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. Welcome back. Uh, don't forget, you must be of legal smoking age in order to listen to this fine show wherever you happen to be listening to it. And, uh, you know, now that I think of it, with what I got coming up, I may find out more inside information into uh, pipe and tobacco-related items than I was before. But you have to stay tuned for me to announce that. A uh, little teaser there. All right. World War Two. Um, World War II was uh, obviously a, a, an all-encompassing encomp- all uh, event, and what it did was it created two rarities in the pipe world. Um, one, the Dunhill pipe with a World War II era dating, so 1942, 43, 44, 1945. Those are the dates... Of a pipe that, if you get a Dunhill pipe that is date stamped with those dates, that is really rare. Uh, there was very little pipe, there was very little briar coming out of obviously Italy and France and Spain. There was very little trade going on in Europe. So the only briar that Dunhill had to make pipes was with a briar that was already in England. And according to some of the records, yeah, not a lot of that briar that was in England at that point would hold up to uh, the Dunhill standards. But uh, some of you may remember seeing the famous picture of the Dunhill store open the day after the bombing of London's and that, or the bombing of London, and that's when that uh, "Keep Calm and Carry On" uh, uh, logo, or slogan began was because the uh, the British Parliament wanted the uh, wanted the British people to go back you know go back about their business continue on well uh, Dunhill had their shop open the next day and was selling off of a little table out in the front uh, so again if you can find a Dunhill pipe that has those World War two era those World War two time frame date stamps on it, and it's in really good condition, that's going to be one of the rare pipes that you'll find. Uh, again, make sure that the stamps are correct and and, uh, and authentic for what they should have been. Now, the other thing that was happening here in the United States was, yes, we did, we still had some trade routes open, but it was still very hard to get product out of Europe, especially from 1942 to 45. By the time we got involved, we got cut off. So one of the things that they started using was mountain laurel. Uh, the reason they started using mountain mountain laurel or manzanita, which is kind of close to it, 
uh, mountain laurel was plentiful along the Appalachian Mountains. And it holds a resemblance to um, uh, to briar. <laughs> However, if you smoke the wood when, when it was uncured, it would make you sick because it had some uh, natural uh, defense mechanisms in it that to keep animals from eating it, <laughs> which was uh, sap that would make you sick. Uh, but anyway, the mountain laurel wood was used primarily in North Carolina here by the Dr. Grabo or Sparta Industries, uh, the Sparta factory. And they tried some different shapes, different styles. But again, this was a... Um, you know, Dr. Grabo was a uh, was an up and coming and uh, very prevalent uh, mass market pipe brand. Well, they needed raw materials to stay in business, so they were trying just about anything, including Mountain Laurel. Uh, some other companies were trying some Manzanita, but these pipes are some of them are uh, very oddly shaped and kind of utilitarian and kind of cool. So if you want a rare collectible, try to find a Dr. Graybo Mountain Laurel pipe. Uh, go online and search for them, and you'll see exactly what they look like and what you need to be looking for. So there you go, two ends of the spectrum. you got Dunhill in England with the rarest of Dunhill pipes, which would be marked during the war era, and a Mountain Laurel-made pipe here in the United States. Um Coming up in just a minute, Basil will be on the phone with me. I've tested this, but this is the first time that I'm going to use a brand new audio connection that I have for the phone calls, and I hope it sounds new and improved to you. It sounds really good to me. I'm excited to see what it sounds like once it gets uh, compressed down for a podcast afterwards, but anyway, always trying to do something new. Uh, Maybe a little bit louder than you're used to, but I'll uh, try to watch the levels for you. So, in just a minute, Basil Meadows. This is Internet Radio. The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th President of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco, founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. Or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit sutliff-tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, joining us on the phone is uh, one of my neighbors from just slightly across the county the uh maker of red dog pipes and a whole bunch of other stuff but we'll get into that so basil meadows welcome to the pipes magazine radio show 
thank you, Brian. Glad to be here. All right, so you didn't you didn't grow up in uh, Cabarrus County, North Carolina. Where are you Where are you from? Where'd you grow up, and all that stuff? I grew up in uh, in West Virginia, about the dead center of West Virginia, a place called Beckley, in and around Prosperity, Crab Orchard, Sprague, uh, little towns around Beckley, and stayed there until. Well, until I joined the military, and uh, I've been moving around a lot ever since. Where all did you go in the military? Uh, let's see. I went to for basic training in AIT in 74. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. And, and after there, I was stationed at Fort Knox for a year, and I went to Germany for the rest of, uh, just about the rest of my term, to protect the American way against brawl lines and German beer. <laughs> and after uh, being out of the military, I went back to West Virginia, uh, moved to Ohio because work was non-existent, basically, in West Virginia. Unless at that time, we went to the coal mine. And I uh, don't want to go underground until I'm ready. Uh, so moved to Ohio, lived up there for 25 years, and my brothers all moved south. So I ended up coming down to visit in Kannapolis, uh, one of my brothers. And I had a little incident at the Wind Dixie that used to be here that convinced me that I needed to move down here. So I moved here in 2002, and I've been here, will be here for the rest of my life. Uh, does the little incident at Winn-Dixie have a name? Well, uh, yeah, I don't know who she is. She was just, she was the checkout girl. <laughs> and um, we were having a, uh, a barbecue over at my brother's house, a cookout. And he sent me over to Winn-Dixie to pick up some stuff. So I'm standing in line, and there's this lady in front of me, and she's checking out, and she's just chatting away with this young girl at the checkout line. And I just thought, well, you know, they've known each other for a long time, and uh, apparently they're just catching up. Hadn't seen each other for a while. And I look behind me, and everybody's just standing there waiting their turn. Nobody's in a hurry. So she leaves, I go up, and she looks at what I've got. Oh, you're having a cookout today, huh? Uh, yeah. Beautiful weather, and we're standing there talking like we've known each other forever. And then after she's done checking me out, I'll leave, and the next guy's the same way. And I, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not getting any younger. And if I'm going to grow old around somebody, I want to grow old around people like this. So I moved south. I moved to North Carolina and haven't regretted it for a minute. And and now you, and considering you grew up in West Virginia, now you're allowed to wear shoes. Yes, I am allowed to wear shoes, and I can brush more than one tooth at a time. Hey, all right. Yeah. So, so when, in amongst all this, uh, all all this lifetime, did you start smoking a pipe? Well, I started smoking a pipe back in the 70s, uh, on and off, around 
See, I was around 27 and uh, took up cigarettes because of the convenience. And switched to cigars a little bit. I would keep going back and forth to the pipe. I don't know what confused you, I guess you could call it. (laughs) And uh, finally, I had a an attack. Uh, it was a, oh, what are they, uh, spasmatic esophagus or something. It uh, resembles a heart attack. And when they diagnosed it, the doctor told me, he said, it's brought on by stress. He said, do you have stress in your life? And I, I just laughed at him. <laughs> Excuse me. And, I, well, you know, I work for a living. So, yes, I've got stress. He said, well, you're going to have to learn how to manage it better because this was just a preview of what will come if you don't handle your stress. Do you smoke a pipe? Well, I used to. Maybe you should consider taking them back up. (laughs) So under the doctor's advice, I couldn't find my old pipes, so I bought me a, a Dr. Grabo at the drugstore, and uh, I started back pipe smoking, and that's when it dawned on me what he was uh, referring to. It's the ritual of preparing everything. I mean, you have to slow down. It takes an effort to do it properly, to slow down and get everything just right. Act wow, you know, just second nature, but you force yourself to relax, and I haven't had a stress attack since. And how often do you get to do you get to smoke your pipe? Uh, depends. I'll smoke between two and twenty bowls a day. Holy mackerel! <laughs> uh, uh, normally, I'll probably go through about uh, ten. Uh, usually, if I'm awake, I'm smoking a pipe or a cigar. <laughs> and if you're asleep, you really don't notice. Right. That or if I'm in the shower, because that gets messy. It's hard to keep that thing lit. You know, maybe <clears throat> maybe you could make a, a waterproof pipe. That's a thought. I, I think if that's I'm a brand new idea happy. right here. If I patent this, I'll uh, write you in as part of the uh, the idea. And then be, between the two of us, we'll be able to meet at uh, Starbucks and split a coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but just a regular coffee. No, not, We're not going in with any of those fancy drinks. One of those latte, fruitlo, whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, that'd look a little strange. Um, mm-hmm. So you, so the doctor tells you to uh, to start uh, to start smoking in a pipe, and did you start experimenting with different tobaccos? And yes, how'd that go? Yeah, the first tobaccos were uh, your normal, what we call the drugstore blends. Yeah, you know, Prince Albert, uh, half and half. Most of it was, oh, I remember this, and it didn't taste the way you remembered it was over the years. You know, tobacco has changed, your taste buds change. Um, that goes along with certain foods. 
things that you used to enjoy as a kid, you don't like anymore. And things that you just couldn't stomach as a kid is really good. So, you know, your taste buds do change over time. And I still enjoy uh, a lot of the drugstore blends, Carter Hall and, and uh, Prince Albert. Good grief. That's, you know, really good. But I got into, heaven forbid, I got into these aromatics and it just about ruined me <laughs> with some of the flavors that they put in those. It, I'm surprised somebody hasn't come up with a, a pistachio or something. <laughs> we had one a while back. It didn't work out. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but I've settled into more of uh, English blends and Virginias, and now I, I think I would fall into the category of old codger when it uh, comes to tobacco skulls. You know, I've got the T-shirts hanging in the closet, been there, tried that, got the shirt. <laughs> so, so when did when did you decide that? All right, I'm gonna try making a pipe. Okay, like I said, I had uh, the run-of-the-mill drugstore pipes, and some of them smoke really good. They do. The uh, Missouri Marishan Cobbs uh, is fantastic. Uh, some of the Gravos. Anyway, I happen to find out there is something called the Internet that has forums and Pipes Magazine and all this stuff on there, a world of information, and everybody's talking about these foreign high-end pipes. <laughs> Dunhills and uh, Petersons and, you know, I didn't know crap. All I knew was K. Woody's and, and uh, Graybo's. And anyway, long story short, I finally decided I was going to try to find one. I wanted to find one locally. So I started going to tobacco stores. First, you call them up, do you have any tobacco pipes? Tobacco pipes, sure. <laughs> Pull in, and all they got is these cases of glass pipes. Well, I want to look at your tobacco pipes. Oh, this is them. <laughs> Spent all day. Finally, it was on the other side of Charlotte, and this fella, I walk in, I said, I'm used to it. I'm seeing all these glass pipes. I called. You said you had some prior tobacco pipes. He's all I do, and he reaches behind the counter, and he takes his pipe rack down that has maybe 10 pipes in it. No kidding. Literally blows the dust off of them. <laughs> and sits them down. Not knowing diddly squat about brand name was actually a, a really nice because I wasn't looking at a particular brand. I was looking at something that, uh, that fit me. Yeah. So I'm going through all these pipes, and I found a Bulldog, a Peterson ADS Bulldog that just, when I held it in my hand, it was home. You know, it just cuddled right in between my thumb and my finger and, and just laid, curled up right into the palm of my hand. I said, this is it. This is the one. So I bought it, 
And on the way home, I'm admiring this thing, the way it fits and feels and all, and I'm thinking, I know I'm going to want a couple, at least a couple more of these, and I am not going to spend all day driving around trying to find a pipe that I like. <laughs> find a guy that's got another it. dusty pile behind his counter. Yeah. So I'm looking at him. hell, I can make this. And that got me started. Now, going into this, you've kind of worked with your hands all along, right? Yes. Uh, all my life. Uh, started out when I got out of the military. I got into carpentry work. Loved it. I, I love building homes. We didn't build houses. We built homes. And that just, knowing that someone was, anyway, I got into the carpentry. Yeah. Then uh, from there, I uh, got into manufacturing, working in a factory, and learning machinery and all that, moved uh, into the tool room, which is really where, uh, that's, that's home for me, is working in the tool room. Lays, mills, all that stuff. And after spending a lot of time in the tool room, um, and moved down here. I'm back in the factory again, but now as a process technician. So now I'm using my head more than my hands, but uh, at this late stage of life, that's probably a blessing. <laughs> so it's not like you walked into this completely brand new, never knew which end of a uh, which end of a block of wood to cut into. No, no, I've had uh, years of. Uh, working in a machine shop. That is a perfect place for us to take a break. When we'll come back, I'm going to ask you a little bit about Fort Knox, and then we'll talk about bulletproof corn cobs and pipes. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archipelago red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Basil Meadows. And, uh, uh, Basil, when you were at Fort Knox, were there any aliens in the vault, or was it just all gold? <laughs> well, that depends on uh, your definition of aliens. There were some strange people there for sure. After all, I was there. <laughs> but uh, a unique experience, to say the least, because... Fort Knox is an armored post. They've got tanks. 
Yep. I was in the only artillery unit at Fort Knox. And to make matters worse, artillery's colors is bright red, so we had to wear these red baseball caps everywhere. <laughs> that was our uniform. So we stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> so is, is that where the name Red Dog Pipes comes from? No. That name is... Uh, <clears throat> For about 14 years, there was this little red dachshund that had me wrapped around her paw. <laughs> and out of memory to her, that's where the name comes from. And there's a and there's a little dachshund on your uh, on your website. The uh, the website's real easy. It's reddogpipes.com, all one word. Nothing, no fancy hyphens or dashes or any of that stuff in there. Uh, nope. But talk us through the bulletproof cob. <clears throat> okay. The bulletproof cob. Like I said, I, I really enjoy the uh, Missouri Marist cobs. And they're great. I mean, if you drop one, if you destroy one, you're out, what, 10 bucks? Yep. Well, I was in the shop working and clinching. Their stems suck. <laughs> Cheap plastic, and next thing you knew, I had chewed through this stem without even realizing I was clenching that part. So I'm pulling it out and just utter disgust because, yeah, now I got to get another stem or something. And I thought, well, hell, I make stems. I'll just make one. So I'm laying everything out figuring out what I'm going to do. And I thought, well, if I drill it, put a regular ten, tenon on it, and this and that is changed for be a little thin, I need to reinforce it. It's a cob. You know, you don't want to put a whole lot of time into it. I was looking around, and there was this 45 ACP shell casing up on the shelf. And I, I, my eyes just focused on it, and it was like, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> so I'm the first modified bulletproof cob, and it it just makes sense because I mean a cob is uh, rusty, rough, tumble, and then you got uh, an acrylic stem in it, so you don't have to worry about uh, chewing through it or anything like that. And a reinforced uh, shank, and then I replace the shank with uh, black walnut. And oh. black walnut, I was mine, the original, I'm still, I still have it and smoke it. And the inside part of the bowl, that black walnut has charred a little bit, but it has nowhere near burnt. So I hit on something good on that one. And you, you do these all brand new and they start out, what, around 45 bucks? Yeah, I order uh, my... Uh, Tom's from Aristocov, brand new. And then I disassemble a brand new corn cob pipe and rebuild it. And make it better than ever, and it becomes uh, bulletproof. Bulletproof cob. Could you leave, and, the, uh, could you leave the actual gunpowder and the lead projectile in there, and then when you start to smoke it, it shoots off? <laughs> you might. Uh, you know, if you're going to smoke one, you don't need to be shooting your mouth off, so. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> then that, that's no good for me. My, my my mouth's always shooting off. Uh, but yeah, I'll polish it up and make it look real nice and shiny. And I've noticed uh, there's quite a few guys that's or folks. Not want to be a sexist, but uh, quite uh, quite a few folks out there that are incorporating shell casings into uh, stems now, and so I'm doing really nice work at it. And, and then you also do uh, briar pipes, traditional with uh, with uh, Cumberland and all kinds of different colored stems and inlays Absolutely. and stuff like that too. Yeah, so. yeah I love briar pipes. They're uh, and the classic shapes. There's a reason they're a classic shape. You know, this uh, a style that has uh, weathered the ages. It's still around because it it's it's just beautiful. Uh, the veins, uh, that, yeah, that's a shape right there that just absolutely surprised me as far as the uh, the weight and the balance to a pipe that length. It's amazing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just love classic shapes. Yeah, and I've uh, I've seen a couple of your pipes in person, and a while back we had a request for uh, some pipe makers that are uh, a little more reasonably priced, and most of yours are what around two hundred, two fifty. Yes, uh, average price is probably around two hundred. Uh, do you prefer working on commissions, or do you just want to be left alone on your weekend off and make pipes that you like? My preference would be to uh, make whatever I wanted to and somebody come in and say, oh, my God, I got to have that. Here's the money. But it doesn't work that way. You make what people are buying, and if someone wants a commission, you make the commission. So then, then you go to the shows with the ones that you do uh, make that – you had an idea in your head and you put it into uh, Briar and, and Cumberland or Ebonite or whatever. You you put it there, and those are the special treats that the guys get when they go to shows. Those are the pipes that the artisans... The artisans' idea was put into it instead of a commission. Yeah, it's kind of like letting the cook go crazy in the kitchen and make you whatever they want. Exactly. That's why, guys, get out and go to the shows. You don't know what you're going to miss if you don't. No, you're walking along and there's tables and tables of pipes, and then all of a sudden one starts yelling at you, and it's you have no reason why, but it just starts yelling at you. Yep. And I've been on that side of the table, too. I've got several of them like that and love them. So out of out of all the uh, parts of the process of making a briar pipe, what's your favorite part of that? Shaping it. I love seeing the excess briar come off, exposing the pipe that's hidden inside of that block. It's uh, that, that's what it's all about. <laughs> And is there a a part of the pipe making process that you just hate? Stem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a 
pretty pretty common answer. Yeah, it's tedious work if you're working with uh, with Cumberland, especially. I don't know why, but whenever you put it on the belt sander to take off the excess, it smells. Oh my God, it smells. <laughs> Uh, and you get it in your nose hairs, and at my age, you've got quite a few of those, um, and it just lingers. So for a, a good day or two after you've done this stem work on the belt sander, you're still smelling Cumberland. That goes along with making pipes, though. You know, it's not, not all of it is going to be uh, a whole lot of fun. Is there is there a certain classic shape that just gives you more problems than others? Yeah, all right. Tell us why, because I mean that's that's got some complicated cuts and measurements in it. Yeah, and to get a properly drilled umpaw, you actually have to double drill. You everything is, like you said, really complicated angles in order to get the uh, draft hole not cutting into the uh, the mortise area too much and down to the bowl area, and then back drilling from the bowl into the airway. I mean, it's a pain. <laughs> and they, they, to get one that doesn't really gurgle, I mean, the, the, uh, the dynamics to produce gurgle is built into an umpaw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you got to you got to get that you got to get the first hole lined up correctly, then come back, re-drill it, and get the second hole lined up correctly so that everything moves smoothly. Or yeah, or you have to create a perfectly uh, a perfectly cut and measured uh, ninety degree angled drill bit. <laughs> or maybe you could train some termites to march in order. Oh, uh, yeah. You did it again. <laughs> See? Excellent there. idea. I'm telling I'm on a, I'm on a roll tonight. You are. I mean, that's an excellent idea. Train termites. I mean, they train fleas. I mean, I've seen flea circuses. I never really realized what I was looking at at the time, but I just thought it was an old coon dog, but... Well, and I know there's a there's a pretty big size uh, flea market just a couple exits up the highway from you. Maybe you can go up there and buy some fleas. Should be able to. Yeah, I bet you since they're a market, especially for fleas, you get a hell of a price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, now we're having too much fun. Um, <laughs> what pipe shows can yeah, we? Uh, don't take it serious. Yeah. <laughs> what? What pipe shows can we see you attending? Oh, definitely Raleigh. That's our backyard, man. If we don't go up to Raleigh, that's sacrilegious. You know, those guys up there are great. Uh, Columbus. Got to go up to Columbus and visit Eddie and Jeff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chicago. I want to go up to that one uh, this year. 
And I've been toying with the idea of uh, going out to Vegas to, I don't know if I'll have a table out there. I may because they allow you to smoke a pipe in that one. And it's nice to be able to sit there and have your friends come by your table to visit while you're sitting there smoking a pipe. Excellent idea. It's a great show. Uh, Basil, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yes. What is your favorite pipe? It's a Savinelli La Piper. I know this sounds crazy. Uh, I picked it up at the Raleigh Show some years back, and it just fits my hand perfect. It's not an expensive pipe, and it smokes tremendous. And what is your favorite tobacco? Uh, probably Kazmir from Sutliff, um, or their medium English blend. What is your favorite drink? And being from West Virginia, you cannot say moonshine. No, it's coffee. Coffee, coffee, coffee. coffee. I love coffee. (laughs) Oh, good. Um, When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Movie. Do you have a a genre of movies that you like? Probably sci-fi. My favorite movie would more than likely be the original Blade Runner. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, not the director's cut. <laughs> the one that's like 45 minutes long of just pretty pictures? No, the director's cut, uh, they took out the narration that uh, Harrison Ford did through the movie. Yeah. And the narration, I thought, really was substantial in, in establishing the storyline. Yeah, and my wife likes hearing his voice. I don't know what it is, but anyway. Yeah, I know. Uh, finally, do you have a particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory? Uh, yes. Uh, a few years back, my wife and I went to Gatlinsburg for vacation. And we're walking a, a trail up to a waterfall. And I'm, I think they call it blunting smoking my pipe while we're just strolling along and you've got some of these uh, trail walkers that are speed walkers. So we were trying to be courteous and uh, get over the side of the path as much as we could to let them, those folks by because we're just enjoying our, our day. And I noticed this one young couple was staying behind us about 15 foot and every time we'd find a wide spot they would... Uh, we would get over, and they'd just stay there. <laughs> well, we got up to this one area where we could actually stop and let everybody go by. So we stopped, and they came up, and the lady was smiling, and she said, that was absolutely wonderful. We've been back there all that time. I was just enjoying the smell of your tobacco. <laughs> wow. That, my day, and it has made a memory that has stuck with me all these years. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Again, the uh, the website is reddogpipes.com. Uh, if you're ever in the Charlotte area, the greater Charlotte, North Carolina area, Basil is uh, a, a regular at a pipe club meeting that I occasionally get to, which is the third Sunday of each month. 
It's usually the third Sunday at J.R. Cigars. The name of our little club is called the Aromatic Farts. <laughs> I'm going to tell my wife I'm a, I have aromatic farts now. Uh, she won't believe me. Uh, anyway, it's a J.R. Cigar in Mooresville. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, usually three, four hours, and it's a great place to hang out with a great group of guys. And Basil, I want to thank you for joining us, and uh, thanks for uh, making really good-looking, really affordable pipes. Well, thank you, Brian. I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I, I would like to mention that the fellow that gave me the specs for the merchant service replicas I've been making, Tim Hunter, I'd like to do a shout-out to him. Thank you very much, Tim. I really appreciated that. There you go, and we'll be back in just a minute. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog in the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back, and I bet you thought I was going to uh, question uh, Basil about his name and ask him if he knew anybody named uh, Sherlock. Um, anyway, uh, do check out his pipes. Great uh, great pieces at a, at a good price, too. Um, and I want to apologize. Apparently, we've got something looping. I was able to hear it during the interview, but I couldn't do anything about it because I would have probably disconnected Basil and gone dead. Uh, so we'll have to see if that's a problem with this new recording situation. Um, Basil did pick out some music for us, a piece that he likes, called Mountain Right uh, by Hoyt Axton. And uh, hey, since uh, the guest picked it out, it must be good. Here it is. He was born in Dixon Holler in 1893. Never had no running water. No electricity He raised his own tobacco And he raised a family He always said You can't go wrong in life If you do what's mountain right Stand your ground straight and tall Mountain right Go down proud if you must fall This has always been our land and I love it more than life And when I die I'll know that I Live mountain right A car rolled up one day With U.S. Highway on the door The interstate is coming through You can't live here anymore the old man said, my pa lived here and my grandpa before. 
Sounds like the tale of uh, many tobacco farmers, except uh, the more recent ones got bought out. Uh, Hoyt Axton, great country singer of old. Well, let's see what's in the mail. Well, the mailbag was jam-packed full of wonderful comments from uh, last week's show and having Marsha on. And don't forget on uh, smokingpipes.com right now you can buy the Kramer's blends in uh, 50 gram tins or uh, uh, bulk. So both of them are there. Uh, Looks like both of them are doing well. Anyway, in the mailbag, Casey Ghost says, "Uh, Good show. Marsha was a delight, if not particularly insightful. Uh, Her husband, Jim Keller, really looks the part of a cigar store owner. She sure looked. She sure liked to talk and seemed a genuinely sweet person. Yes, she is a genuinely sweet person and uh, keeping her family tradition going. Uh, Mezzo Duomo says, uh, "Good show." Marsha was a lot easier to take than the roadie compulsively laughing at himself. And I'm always happy when there's no Malta Dolce commercial. Well, you'll like this episode too. Uh, for future interviews, find an entrepreneur who has recently opened a pipe-centric shop. Uh, let me make a few comments here. One, I like people that laugh at themselves, especially if it's funny. I don't like people that laugh at themselves when it's not funny. Um, find an entrepreneur who has recently opened a pipe-centric shop. How about if I find a unicorn that can dance on the pinhead of a bubblegum bubble? 
Um, I really don't know of any. It's open to a pipe-centric shop. I really, I really can't tell you who. Uh, if you've got any suggestions, please let me know. I'd be glad to hear, glad to talk to them. Love to know who they are. Uh, EMG Pipe says, "Great interview and perfect timing with the arrival of my Carrie, uh, my Carrie Grant blend from Smoking Pipes." Even though English blends aren't usually my preference, this is tasty stuff. Enjoying the variety in interviews lately. More B&M brick-and-mortar interviews would surely be appreciated, especially if they are pipe-focused shops, which are rare and could use some publicity. Yeah. If you've got any suggestions, again, let me know. Uh, you know, sometimes getting these, uh, getting these retailers to sit down is, uh, is not, a, not an easy task, but I'm open to them. Uh, and glad you're liking the uh, the Cary Grant. It almost got me kind of interested in trying it. And I don't like English at all. Uh, Dino writes, That was an absolutely lovely conversation with Marsha. Her reminiscences... Reminiscences... Her reminiscing about uh, of her parents, the shop, and the celebrity customers was so fascinating. I met my wife back in the mid-1960s when we both worked in a grocery store down the block from where her father's store had been in Chicago under the Bryn Mawr L station. I enjoyed the Danny K tune, but it would have been fun to play one of those where he sings a long string of words at breakneck speed. Yeah, I, you know, Dino, I actually thought, because there's a whole bunch of those that are kind of fun, but I thought maybe, eh, you know, a little hard. Um, anyway... Uh, Dino goes on to write, as a former school teacher, I heartily endorse your rant. It drives me nuts when people don't proofread what they post. Thanks, Dino. You're welcome. Uh, Birdseye Nelson says, Brian, excellent show with Marsha Keller. I asked for more like this and you delivered. Thanks. I was in L.A. a couple of years ago and made it to the Tinderbox in Santa Monica, but never made it to Kramer's. Wish I had. Uh, Still there. Got a chance. Uh, he writes, I also never got a chance to comment on your show with Rick Newcomb. Another great show, probably one of the most enthusiastic and knowledgeable pipe smokers out there that isn't in the business. I'm currently listening to Still Searching for Pipe Dreams, which I highly recommend to anyone who has not read, listened to it yet. I purchased his first book at the Richmond Pipe Show many years ago. And my wife read the book to me during our road trip. Uh, she gained a better understanding of the pipe, and I hardly, uh, and I hardly realized I was driving. It was one of my favorite pipe smoking related memories. There you go, Rick. You're you're part of a pipe smoking related memory for somebody else. Uh, lastly, you asked to hear what we are doing for International Pipe Smoking Day. Uh, the Sherlock Holmes Pipe Club of Boston will be visiting the old firehouse smoke shop in Fall River, Mass. It's a great shop with an old-time feel, a nice seating area, a decent selection of pipes, tobaccos, cigars, accessories, and lots of great people to talk to. If anyone from our area is listening, come by and we'll be there after lunch. Take care, Nelson. There you go, an open invitation. And again, International Pipe Smoking Day on uh, Monday the 20th, where we will uh, move the Tuesday show up to Monday the 20th, just for International Pipe Smoking Day. Uh, Voorhees says, I've been long interested in Kramer's blends, especially Danny Kaye's blend, as he is a favorite actor of mine. 
Love the fact I can get it more easily now. Love the charming interview with Marsha Keller. Yep, me too. All right, there you go. Again, comments, questions, suggestions, you can email me directly, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or post them right there in the forums, uh, right on the radio show page. I'll check them all out. All right, in just a minute, we'll end the Valentine's Day show with a rave, but first, a little fun uh, blast from the past here. Okay, lunch is over. Now back to work. Hiya, Mr. Flintstone. Greetings, Rocky, my boy. Pack of Winstons, please. Ah, you like them Winston cigarettes, huh, Mr. Flintstone? Mm, but, of course, they really got something. You bet your life. Folks who really enjoy smoking know it's what's up front that counts. And that's where Winston steps out ahead of the crowd with their exclusive filter blend. Choice Golden Tobacco's Specially selected and specially processed for filter smoke. Hold it, hold it. Hey, what you mean? What are you pitching Winston's at me for? You know I never smoke nothing else. Just practicing, Mr. Flintstone. Everybody knows that. Winston tastes good, like a cigarette should. Yeah. See you soon, Rocky. It is no secret to those of you that I am a fan of all kinds of music, different kinds of music. There's all kinds that I love. Uh, the only thing that I really can't get into is some of this rap or uh, gangster rap stuff, but I'll, you know, eh, uh, whatever. I can't get into it. But I can say uh, this past weekend, and I posted a picture to the, uh, to the page of the radio show, we got a chance to go see uh, Jody Davis and the Newsboys again. And took my daughter and one of her friends with us. And I, I've i got to tell you, I am continuously impressed with the sound of the Newsboys, with the stage show, with the musicians. Yes, one of them is Jody, who I happen to know and like him personally, too. But for a four-piece band, and I've seen them in a 20,000-seat arena, I've seen them at an outdoor, at two outdoor places... And now this last time, a 12-1400-seat uh, 1960s-era auditorium. Their stage show, their sound, their performance, the music is better than anybody else that is currently touring. And when I mean better than anybody else that is currently touring, I've seen all kinds of different bands recently. Some of the big high-dollar rock bands, some of the uh, new pop bands. But the Newsboys, who play a faith-based Christian pop rock, kind of a melodic rock sound, their performance, their shows are better than anybody else's I've been to in a long time. If you get a chance and you like music and the Newsboys are coming to town, go and see them. It's an incredible show and the guys are all really engaging on the uh, on the stage and all around it's just a wonderful show 
not only that, my daughter and her friend got to meet a couple of the guys, and uh, you know that's just that was a highlight for them. But do check out a Newsboys show if you get a chance at all. Uh, next week again, Monday, the twentieth, special guest, little longer format for International Pipe Smoking Day. Let us know what you're doing for IPSD. Uh, share the Pipes Magazine radio show with all your friends. Make sure they all know about it and listen to it. And uh, iTunes ratings or reviews. Ooh, I forgot. We've got a couple. Let me read them right now. Uh, Jason the Bruce writes, I've been listening to the show for several months now, and without fail, Brian and Kevin put on a good show every week. I'm fairly new to the pipe smoking hobby, and I've been listening to the current shows as well as the older ones. I personally want to apologize to you, uh, Jason the Bruce, for the first 10 or 12. Um, And they are all a master education in everything pipe-related. The pipe part segment is my favorite. I learn something new every week. Guys, keep up the great work. Thank you. And Scott CNC says, uh, Brian and Kevin, keep up the good work and join the show. I have especially enjoyed the interviews with McClellan. That guy is funny and straight up and enjoy the history of tobacco and the industry as he brought to the table. I'd like to hear some additional interviews with folks deep into the industry to learn about all types of jobs that exist in the pipe tobacco industry. Pipe making I'm fairly familiar with, but the process and complexity of the tobacco itself and all the things involved as well as more history would be great. Again, keep it up. You got it. We'll keep it up as long as we can. If you would like to advertise on the Pipes Magazine radio show, email kevin at pipesmagazine.com. I want to thank uh, Basil for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Cares about the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a made-up holiday. Nobody even knows who the Saint Valentine guy was. He was a Roman priest who defended the Christians and was beheaded by Claudius II on February 14, 269 A.D.